If you've been following along, you know that I thought that this season was gearing up to end and God keeps on bringing guests. And today's conversation is extra special because it is multiple conversations. For the last decade and a half, I've been part of a beautiful spiritual family called East End Fellowship. And one of the unique things they do is called the gallery. Because God is a creative God and he's made us in his image, East End Fellowship has been creating a space called the gallery for people to exhibit the creativity that God has given them in multiple forms. So following a prompting, I set up my microphone up on the stage and gathered conversations from some of my spiritual family. And in fact, this was the theme of the gallery this year, spiritual family. Knowing that spiritual family is something that has come up often throughout the season, I thought it could be really valuable to hear what people thought about spiritual family in the midst of suffering. Now, it's important for you to know as you step into this that the environment was not conducive to recording. And even though I put efforts in place, there were some technological issues where the guest microphone was not working properly and the whole of the church body was having a particularly good time, as you can hear by their increasing volume. But if you're willing and you listen close enough, you'll hear a lot of wisdom coming from John, Adriana, Kenya, and Sean. And there's something special for those of you that have been following along for a while, because this marks John's third appearance on the podcast. You first met John in the three-part series focused on the miracles God did for he and Kyle. You heard from him again during the healing season when he shared about heart issues that he was having. And though I wish we could have had more time, you do get an update on how God has continued to bring healing to him. And as a bonus, Adriana is his wife, and she was particularly helpful in recruiting people to come up to the mic. And though none of them planned out what they were going to say or even knew what the others were saying, it was beautiful to see some common threads of what God wants us to hear in this. And one of the biggest ones is this. There are a lot of reasons why we might pull back from spiritual family in the midst of suffering, but God is inviting us to lean in. You're listening to episode 134 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Holy Spirit, we just thank you that you are God and you are good. And we just thank you for this opportunity here at the gallery to explore spiritual family and hardship. And so I just pray for everyone that walks through the door. If there's someone that you want to bring to the microphone, that you would encourage and inspire them now, uh, that you would work against the fears that might be within them and let them know that you are at work and you want to work through this moment of them sitting and sharing. So we give it to you. We pray that you would speak and not us. And that all this, that you would be glorified and honored. All this we pray in his holy name. Amen. All right, so John, in 10 seconds, what would you want people to know about who you are? I want people to know that I'm hardworking, I try to do my best, and and I think the last part is that, that you know, I'm not perfect. Yeah. I want them to know straight off the bat. Yeah. yeah. One thing I love about you sitting here is yeah. that you're a previous guest. And we've had conversations, and you have a powerful story. Uh, and if we have more time, I would, I would say let's do a whole recap of what's happened since then. But yeah. first, I'm going to ask this yeah. question. You know, when you think of spiritual family amidst hardship, what comes to your mind? And maybe that ties into some of your post-episode update. Yeah, so I, when I think of uh, spiritual families and, you know, why they're important is that uh, they support you in your relationship with God. Yeah. Uh, uh, my thought is that my, my relationship with God is very, very personal. 
However, it's inspiring to see your spiritual family members you know, obey God as well as to pray for you in the time of your hardships. You get this perspective and you get this impression that everything that they're praying about is completely genuine. Yeah. And you know that based on their faith in God. Yeah. There is no gain or anything that one could be paranoid about in that mm-hmm. situation. It's just pure love. And you bask in that, you know, when you have that kind of spiritual family, you have those who are going to back you in those tough times. It, it means a lot. Yeah. And I, I do have a lot to talk about as far as progress goes, but maybe that might be a subject for a different yeah. podcast. Give me the, yeah. the one-minute highlights. What's God done yeah. since we last talked? So the one-minute highlight is that my heart function has improved mm. even more. It's gotten to the point where it climbed up from 14% ejection fraction, which is a measure of heart function, to 46%. Man, that's huge. (laughs) That's a big deal. Yeah, and that was based on a cardiac MRI, which is the most accurate test Mm -hmm. uh, as far as looking at heart function goes. And the person who interpreted that test, you could tell from even his comments that he was like, this is a market improvement. Mm -hmm. He was like, there's a lot of uh, positive excitement, which generally you do not see for these interpretations. They're very bland. Most of the time, but God has showed me that He's not done with me yet. He's got a purpose for me, and there's been a lot of uh, updates as well within the past two months as far as where I'm going next in my life. Man, you're keeping it cliffhangers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I know, and I know, spiritual family has been a big part too of this part of your journey, both when you were in the hardest part of the hardships. What's it been like having spiritual family there as now you're celebrating things and changes in life? Yeah, so as I'm celebrating things, it's just pure joy. It's sharing and the happiness. You just know for a fact that your spiritual family is a phone call away or a text message away. And it's wonderful to celebrate together rather than holding up each other in the hardships that I've had over the past year. Alright, so just to start off, in 10 seconds, what would you want people to know about who you are? Um, I'm Adriana. I am coming from Romania. I am married to this wonderful man, mm-hmm. uh, with John Kunha, by the way. <laughs> and um, I'm a child of God. Love it. And when you think of spiritual family, in the midst of hardship, what does God bring up in your heart or in your mind? For me, spiritual family means to drop your guest at home and go and help a friend in need. Drop everything that you're doing, no matter how fun it is, and go be there for them. That's what a family, spiritual family is. Yeah. How do we do that when we don't feel like we have the strength or we feel like Oh, I've got too much stuff on my own. I can't help someone else. How do we find that strength to still be there for others? To me, if you love, it doesn't matter what you're going through. Mm. I mean, seriously, if you love someone, you put whatever you have on the side to help them. And many times that actually helps you. Because you can see that, oh, there is someone, and maybe that's me, that can help others. And you can start some other people suffering. Now, some people can say that and they're just saying words, but when you say all of this, 
I know you mean it because, like you shared, you're married to John. And like I know John has been through some stuff. Like you've journeyed with him through some hard things. How have you experienced God as he's invited you to walk alongside John through his hardships? I don't feel like God sent us to this world to be necessarily happy and to enjoy, just enjoy life. Um, I think that life is hard. And when you make a commitment, it's for better and worse. It doesn't mean that it comes in that order. It can come the worst first and the better later. Or just the worst, who knows. The problem is, being on the earth is just for a very short period of time. It can just be a constant test. Some people encounter tests over and over again. And you have to you have to think about what's coming after. So you're working now so that you get the rewards later. And that's the thing that people miss when they get scared about hardships and when they get scared about trusting God is they're thinking about this life as though it's everything. But what you just mentioned, there is something after. And it's not just something, it's eternal. (laughs) And so the beautiful stuff in the eternal far outweighs even if it's a life full of hardship. And so, no, I love love what you're sharing. Is there anything else on your heart or mind that God's prompting you to share? How many hours do you have? (laughs) (laughs) I think that most people believe that love means this funny feeling that you're having and all happy. For me, love means sacrifice. And love means deciding every single day to put the needs of the person you love above yours. That's That's what love is. And that's what a spiritual family is. So, in 10 seconds, (laughs) in 10 (laughs) seconds, what do you want people to know about who you are? Well, I think I am trying to love God, love Jesus genuinely and also genuinely be myself. Mm. I think those are things, trying to be authentic with me, but also trying to like, love God and love people. Yeah. That's good. It's an ongoing journey too. It is. It is. <laughs> when you think about spiritual family in the midst of hardship, what does God bring up in your heart or your mind? I think it's super important, very, very important to like lean in and not pull away. I think sometimes when stuff gets hard, it's easy to want to like isolate yourself and try to do things on your own. Or yeah, but I, I think it's really super important to like lean in when there, even when there's tension. Like try to figure things out, try to work things out. Yeah, find safety in numbers. So how do you do that though? Like when you know what I mean? Because like yeah. when things get hard, we can know in our head we should lean in, but like how would you encourage somebody to actually, even if it's just a small step, to be able to lean in instead of pull away? I think honesty is the thing, like communication, being honest with how you feel, where you're at, being vulnerable and open, which is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Just know that it's not gonna be easy, like knowing already that you have to make like a choice to feel uncomfortable, I think it's amazing. I guess that's it, just being vulnerable and choose to do it, no matter how hard it is. Yeah. Is there anything else that, when you think of spiritual family, anything else God's bringing up in your heart that you're like, I want to share this before I get up? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I more recently have been learning about the importance of spiritual family, like learning more about who I am mm-hmm. and being afraid of like initially that people were going to pull away and being very surprised at the people who actually are like, no, we want to 
be here with you. We want to learn about you. We want to see all the changes you're going through. And that's been super surprising to me because I expected everybody to like kind of pull. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, I would just say like have grace for people and like be willing to teach people who don't know things. Even in that, there's something wild because you started off talking about our tendency to want to pull away. Yeah. But then you're mentioning that we can feel like others are pulling away. Mm-hmm. So in all this, it sounds like part of it is even just having a willingness to trust God in the midst of that, yeah. right? That yeah. we have the capacity to step forward even if we don't think we do, yeah. and that God can also bring connection when we feel like nobody wants yeah. to be around us. Absolutely. And that's good. Absolutely. All right, so in 10 seconds, 10 seconds, 10 seconds, what would you want people to know about who you are? Well, what would I want people to know about who I am? Yeah. It's a big question. <laughs> 10 seconds. Um, and I... I think I always introduce myself as a father of five. I think that's so much how I identify. And so I think of myself as a loving husband that is trying to raise five children well in a very diverse community that I value a lot. Yeah. That's a good answer, man. There's a lot lot in there that one could unpack. Yes, and, and I am like, because I'm sitting next to you, I should also include Jesus, but I don't normally introduce myself that yeah. way. Uh, yeah. Well, and I know you know Jesus. When you think of spiritual family in the midst of hardship, what does God bring into your heart or mind? I mean, I think of really just like this safe place where we're able to care for one another share that hardship in a way that like we can't do in the normal world like in many ways as men like we're supposed to be strong or like there's this way that we're supposed to and as a business owner like I just don't have the space where I can be like vulnerable and share and maybe be challenged so I think for me that a spiritual family is that opportunity to be with one another to be in God's presence in just a way that like we can't do yeah and there's a question I want to ask for you specifically because a lot of times when we talk about spiritual family, people are thinking of non-biological people, right? But you shared that you've got a full household. you got a wife and five kids. Yeah. Sometimes you have other people living in your house. So what does spiritual family look like on the biological and how does that integrate in to not just being family, but now your family and also spiritual family? You and I grew up in Ashlands. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Henry kind of country school. I, I think our world experience or mine, like in the city, has been so much different. Yeah. So I think for me, like part of being a father to our children is like the exposure of community, of spiritual family, of being a neighbor, of being family, like doing all of that like in Christ. Um, in many ways, in a way that I just couldn't do as like. There's like, I've got seasons where I'm, like, I'm not gonna pray, like, I'm not mm-hmm. really talking about God. And, like, <laughs> yeah. Our house church comes over and brings all of that in. So. And it brings the reality too. You know, Kenya was just sharing about how sometimes we don't wanna press in, or sometimes yeah. we're afraid others won't press in. Yeah. And what you just mentioned is as a father, and as a husband, and as a person, <laughs> there are gonna be many times that you're not who you want to be. Yeah. And yet, as a father and a husband particularly, you still have to press in, you still have to show up. And what I love is what that demonstrates is that it's not all resting on you to be perfect. 
but on a perfect God working through us. So how would you encourage someone who's in that place where like, I'm not praying right now, I'm not seeking God, and I know I should be, and I don't know what to do. How would you encourage that person to just press in? I mean, I feel like it's like a question for me, for myself. <laughs> I think people encourage me to not try and have this like perfect model of what having a relationship with God looks like. Because mm-hmm. I, like, I look at you and I'm like, how can I be like Paul Granger? <laughs> like, Paul Granger has like the relationship with God that we're all supposed to have. It's like fathers and people, right? And then I go sit down with Paul and he's like, no, no, no. no. Like, <laughs> you can have a relationship that looks a lot different. Mm-hmm. One, for me, is like not setting an unrealistic expectation right. that you could take that to the extreme, not have a relationship, not hold yourself accountable. And so it's just, I mean, I think going back to the context of spiritual families, I do think that you're sort of putting yourself in community in a presence of God, like in around believers, right? And it's kind of contagious. And it's like you just keep bumping into God. You bump yeah. into Carolyn or Aisha or Sharika or somebody that like is in a good place that is praying. Mm-hmm. And in a way, like by putting yourself in that space, it can become like hard to almost avoid some of the like the pop that that experience of God almost like it's being transferred to you. So don't set those unrealistic expectations based on what you see in others and then just show up to a place where you're putting yourself in position to experience maybe like the overflow that somebody else has. If you made it this far, I want to thank you for persevering through some tricky audio. I know that wasn't easy, but I hope you could hear the wisdom that God was bringing through so many voices. And as I mentioned at the start, there is this really beautiful thread that weaves through this. I love how John shared that his default is that his faith is personal, but God is inviting him to press into spiritual family because of what he can do through the diversity of perspective. I love how his wife, Adriana, presses us into a deeper understanding of love when we're in that space. That as we press in, it's not about what we get out of it, but how we can serve others. As she puts it, love means sacrifice. It's deciding to put the needs of the person you love above yours. And when we're suffering, pressing into spiritual family can seem too costly. But God is inviting us to love. I appreciated Kenya's vulnerability to share that while she often feels like she wants to pull away, she recognized that God is inviting her to lean in to spiritual family. And sometimes the reason that we want to pull away is because we think others are going to pull away. But God has showed up for her as she trusted him in the leaning in. He showed her that he was leading others to lean into her. And then Sean really brings it home with even more vulnerability. He shared what many of us feel, that often we feel utterly unspiritual. But Sean invites us to recognize that sometimes that's precisely why God wants us to press into spiritual family. Because as we see others whose prayer life is in a healthy space, whose understanding of God is in a growing space, something can end up being transferred to us. As he puts it, the opportunity is to place yourself in position to experience the overflow that someone else has. In other words, no matter how unspiritual you feel, God can use spiritual family to give you an overflow that you couldn't have mustered on your own. And as I thought about a relevant verse, I immediately thought of Hebrews 10, 25. And let us not neglect our meeting together, 
as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. When this was written, suffering was not foreign to the early believers. They really knew what it meant to suffer. And so it would seem surprising that they would need this reminder to not neglect meeting together. You would think by default, they would come together in the midst of their suffering. But they were people like us. They had their excuses, whether they felt like their suffering was too personal, or they believed that loving in that way would be too costly, or that they wanted to pull away because they assumed others would as well, or that they felt too unspiritual. We can have so many reasons to not embrace the gift of spiritual family, but God invites us to not neglect it, but to instead encourage each other. And this is precisely what we have heard over and over and over through so many stories, is how God worked through others, how God worked through spiritual family. Now, I'll be honest with you, sometimes it can be hard, even when you desire spiritual family, to find that. Sometimes you can end up feeling like Elijah, where you are really trying to seek and honor God, and you feel utterly alone. Those seasons can hit, and they can be hard. But in the big picture, we were called to be a body. We were called to spiritual family. And in the moments where that's available to us, we need to grow in being more cognizant of the ways we may be trying to neglect it, intentionally or not the ways that we're pulling back instead of leaning in. There is a tendency within us to reject spiritual family, but that may be precisely where God wants to bring the healing, the joy, the peace, and the wholeness that we are longing for. So I want to encourage you to take some time to ask God what spiritual family he is positioning around you, to ask in humility what ways you may be pulling back, and to ask for wisdom on how to lean in, and then do it. Lean in to spiritual family in the midst of your suffering. And then ask yourself, where did you see God? Have you ever wanted to read Revelation but haven't known where to start? Or have you been afraid to read Revelation because of all the ways you've seen it misused? Or maybe you haven't even wanted to touch Revelation but feel like maybe you should since it's part of the Bible? Well, if you're in any of these positions or any other ones, I've got a resource for you. It's called A Journey Through Revelation for the person who doesn't want to read Revelation. And here's the thing. The hope for this resource is that it makes the exploration of who God is and what Revelation can mean for you accessible, whatever you believe. And this will not be your normal Revelation study. It's not going to dive into the historic representations of the imagery or expertly decipher the prophecies. The goal of this is not to tell you what Revelation means. It's to explore what it can mean for you. Now, this thing is available for you right now in a few forms. One, you could go to www.wheredidyouseegod.com revelation, and you can find a PDF for free, which you can read on your phone, on your device, or print out. But if you like something that's a little nicer looking, it is also available through Amazon on Kindle and in paperback form. And I prefer paperback, whether you print it or you get the one on Amazon, because this gives you a place to write some things out because you're going to want a place to write things out. Because I really do believe that God wants to speak to you through Revelation, whatever you feel about Revelation, whatever your experience and whatever you think about God. So if you're interested, get it for free, get it for a very, very, very low price. This is not about making money, but about us together exploring how we can see God in the midst of such a difficult and controversial book.
Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash where did you see God, where you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, uh, think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group and you will love listening to the rest of the music. So check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?